Thanks for joining us for Life Community Church. This is great. So we've just got done with our series on doubt. I really enjoyed it. Learned a lot about not only my own doubts, but also helping people through, through doubt. And so, and um, Liz and Dan had a wonderful vacation, I understand. So they got a break, a well-deserved break. They're all smiley now, you know, <laughs> and stuff. And so I was talking to Liz, um, and, and so they asked me to preach today. And I was talking to Liz, and uh, she goes, well, we're starting a new series, you know, next week, which I'm really excited about. Um, you know, really preach on anything you want. And I thought, really? Anything I want? You know, so I started thinking about, I thought, you know, maybe I could preach on like tithing deductions. You know, certainly there's something in the Bible about tithing deductions. You know, we have them for taxes, maybe. Sorry, that was a short sermon. There are none, you know. Or then I thought, you know, I could, I could show how intelligent I am to you know, bring something that's really deep. You know, people keep saying we need to talk on things deeper. And so I thought I could talk on superlapsarianism and the implications to apoliptic, apocalyptic literature, you know. And then I thought, no, I can't even pronounce those things. So maybe that's not a good. And, and then I was talking and, you know, maybe, you know, I've, I've preached here, you know, since we uh, founded the church, you know, every once in a while. And I thought, I'll just go back to an old sermon, you know, bring one of those up. We've got a lot of new people here, you know, they probably don't know the same jokes and stuff, so I could do that. And so, and that was the easy out. And I, I started thinking, I go, man, I just didn't feel right about it. I, I really, and I, I think that's fine, you know, for some weeks and, and, and to do that. And, and it was funny too, just as an aside, it kind of brought something up that I was thinking about, and that was, you know, we, you can could, you could listen to a podcast and <laughs> really get some, there's great podcasts over it, but do you realize that we have um, two people that uh, whenever they think about during the week, they say, what does our church need to hear? That's what they're praying about each week. They're saying, you know, what does God want to say to this body of believers, you know, and that they're actually put in, you know, in, in, in judgment about that. I mean, God looks at that, you know, not to freak you guys out, but <laughs> they're all like, whoa, okay. But they do, you know, and, and myself too, whenever we come and we realize we're going to talk to a, a group of people, and even Arlene sharing that this morning, you know, saying, you know, this is what I think God has for you. Um, I felt the same way, and we, you know, it's an honor to have people um, in this church that whenever we come before you that we're just looking, hey, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do this week to folks? And today, there was a topic that just kept coming, I don't, you know, I pray in the morning, and then throughout the day, I'm kind of walking with Jesus, and I'm thinking, and I just kept hearing this topic that we're going to talk about today. And I, I did. I, I mean, it, I just couldn't get it out of my brain. And so um, we're going to talk about something that I, I feel like God's really put on my heart today. And usually I'm more of the, I, I teach at U of I, so I'm, and people have told me, you're a really good, you know, teacher and stuff. Like I'm more of a teachy kind of guy, you know, 
and instead of the preachy, emotional kind of guy, but I've got my preacher shirt on today. So just to warn you, like if you get the gumption and you want to say an amen, you know, you can say amen and stuff like that because it may get a little preachy today, okay? Amen? amen. All right, there we go. All right, so let me pray here and pray over this message in our hearts today. Uh, Father God, I just, um, I'm so excited what you've got today. And uh, Lord, I just really pray that we would um, hear your voice. Um, Lord, that as I hear and look at Scripture and it talks about a rumbling, I just pray for a rumbling uh, in our church today. And Father God, that you would impact our lives. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We welcome you to talk to our hearts today. That one sentence or mention that would apply to someone today, I pray that they would act upon it before they leave today. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So, um, as we set up the, me the message today, kind of step into this message today, let me ask, how many people went to Sunday school as a kid? Sunday oh yeah, okay. Or if you're a millennial, we call it children's church, right? <laughs> children's church, right? What are some, like you look at Sunday school and what you were taught in Sunday school, these great stories from the Bible, right? Do you remember all those great, just those great Sunday school stories in the Bible? What were some of the really good Sunday school stories that you learned about? Just go ahead and shout it out. David and Goliath, yeah, right? What an awesome, you know, you got this ruddy kid, this redhead kid, you know, he, he comes up and everyone says, oh, you can't do this. You're not going to be able to, you know, who are you? You know, you're just, a, and he, he's like, my God is with me. You know, this, this Goliath is nothing next to my God. I mean, it's just a great, you know, great battle story, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, every little, little kid goes out and, huh? Just practicing, you know, <laughs> right? What else? What's another one? What's a Zacchaeus? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like anyone that's been, let's say, um, vertically challenged. <laughs> you know, you look at that and you're like, you're like, man, you know, Jesus, big crowd, and he sees the little guy, right? And he says, "I'm coming to your house today," you know, and and he picks Zacchaeus out, and Zacchaeus you know, who, who just repented and, and brought Jesus to his house and rejoiced that day. What else? Give me a couple more. Daniel and the light. Okay, so how many people had flannel graphs? Oh, yeah, flannel graphs. Right, Daniel, and you had the Daniel lines in. You see Daniel lines in. All the lines are kind of going around, you know, mouths are shut and stuff. And, you know, everyone looks down and it's like, what the, you know, Daniel you know, had faith in God, did not, you know, when they wanted to trip up Daniel, they said, okay, we're going to trip him up. How do we trip him up? Let's outlaw prayer in the morning. And that's how they wanted to, you know, and they threw him in the lion's den and, and God came and was with him and, and just in this powerful way. Give me one more, one more. The Red Sea, parting the Red Sea. Yeah, you know, you get to Moses as the leader of Israel, you know, and they come down. And so everyone's following him, follow him. And he goes down, the, you look, he goes down actually this crevasse, you know, and they've got all the nation of Israel there and they go down and, 
he goes, uh, yeah, we're kind of at the water here, you know, and everyone's like, oh, why did we follow this guy, right? And then God shows up and, and parts the sea, you know, and um, usually as children, we don't really cover the unparting of the sea as much, but, you know, just really delivered Israel through the sea, you know, just these great stories. And I, I remember being a kid, so, and my, I even remember my fifth grade um, Virginia Elliott was her name. She was of no relation. Um, and uh, I still remember just this wonderful stories. And I remember like getting away, getting out of those stories and just thinking, man, God is like awesome. Like I remember going to my kid, my, my friends and just thinking, don't you see like these great, haven't you heard of these great things that God does that are better than comic books, you know, that that he does these things, and there's these great people that follow God and, and just are bold. You know, that, that Daniel is, and, and, and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They, they're just bold. It's like, yeah, put us in the fiery furnace. You know, God saves us. Great. God doesn't save us. He's still God, you know? Just this boldness and courage, and, and that the, the people were so bold. And I just sometimes felt, you know, where did that go? Where did my feeling as a kid like that go? You know, what happened to that? And I, I was looking at stuff this week, too, and um, there's this just haunting verse, I think, in, in James chapter 5, 17. So James uh, wrote this letter, and at chapter 5, he just got this little phrase that says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. You know, it's just, you think of Elijah and all the things he did, you know, you've got the scene where the, the people that worship Baal um, are, are just over here and they, they have this scene where they're just, you know, trying to get everything they can for their God to respond and, and he kind of, and he says, uh, he's kind of funny, he goes, uh, hey, what is it, is your uh, God uh, indisposed at the moment or something, you know, is there a problem? And so, you know, he's just bold and then he prays. He says, put water around it and puts water around it and th then just prays for the fire and it's just all consumed, you know, just these great, you know, man of faith, prays for it not to rain and it doesn't rain. And I look at that verse and I was like, man, this is a bold guy, you know, and, and he's got a nature like me. You know, I think of that. There's a, there's a guy named John Wimber that those of you that are associated with the Vineyard, we're kind of, you know, <laughs> that's kind of our tribe that, that we're associated with, you know. And, and John Wimber, the founder, you might have heard the story that when he first came to Jesus, you know, in his own words, he says, I was a beer-guzzling, drug-abusing pop musician. You know, <laughs> he was part of the Righteous Brothers. And, um, he, and he says, you know, I was chain smoking and going to a Bible study, and he went there, and after one particular Bible study, he's like, where's the stuff? Like, when are we going to get to the stuff? And in this, this the, the church that he went to, they said, the stuff, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, the stuff in red, I mean, the, the stuff, the healing, the people raising from the dead and stuff like that. And the guy didn't quite know how to respond, and, and Wimber replied, you mean I gave up everything for this? You know, just the thought that there's more to being a Christian than just forgiveness of sins, which is great. 
but there's a boldness that comes with Christians. There's an expectation that we can have that God's actually going to do stuff. And I was just thinking, what's happened in my life? What's happened to that in my life where I, I don't feel that boldness and courage sometimes, you know? I mean, was it, did the pandemic just wipe me out? You know, did it just the masks and shots and in here and out of there and all of that? Did that just do that to me or that, you know, I've watched Christian leaders that I've respected just really fail uh, morally, miserably, or that most people's view of the church today is their first thing isn't that here's a people that love on people and that serve Jesus. You know, is that that just taking a hit on my boldness? You know, I, I have people that actually talk to me sometimes. They said, you know, we don't mind Christians as long as they shut up and don't say anything. <laughs> you know, and have I just become part of that, that I'm like, you know, I just don't want to cause any waves. Is that why I'm not so bold? Well, I, I'd really like to see us today just consider our boldness and courage that we have in Christ. And to do that, I don't think there's any better place to go than Acts chapter 4. So we're going to go to Acts, and let me just give you kind of a background of where we are in Acts. If you're familiar with the New Testament, so we're in the New Testament, this post-Jesus Testament, and there are those four Gospels that we go through that really have these four different views of people that wrote those Gospels of Jesus being born, his ministry his death, and his resurrection too. And then you get to the book of Acts, and after Jesus had spent time with him, it kind of transitioned, which is, you know, Acts really stands for the Acts of the Apostles. That's where we get the name of Acts. And we see that, you know, basically Acts is talking about, you know, that time, that transition time where Jesus then... um, not only was walking around, but then goes to heaven and says, look, I'm coming back again, but I'm sending someone to you to empower you. And so in Acts chapter 2, we actually see that scene where the disciples and about a hundred or so others are gathered in a room and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And there are different tongues, there are different languages that come upon them. People on the outside are actually saying, what is this? We're seeing people, we're hearing people in our own language talk. You know, what's going on here? Are they drunk? And, and you see just the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And then what's interesting is if you go from there, then, then Peter gets up and he's got about three sermons that, that he gives at different situations after that. And you think Peter, if you remember from the gospel, the, the disciple of Jesus who actually de- denied Jesus three times is now going to give three sermons proclaiming Jesus. The first of those happened then at Pentecost. Um, the second one actually happened after Peter and John in, in Acts chapter 3 um, healed this guy that was actually lame from birth and he spent 40 years that he was actually at the entrance at the the gate called Beautiful um, there, and everyone knew him, and he was healed, and so they were amazed, and so again, for the second time, Peter preaches, 
And so what the scene in Acts chapter 4 that we're seeing now is that, that we see that, you know, the people that had actually, cru- you know, helped organize the crucifixion of Jesus now go, whoa, whoa, we thought we dealt with this. Let's throw these two guys in jail. They throw Peter and John in jail, and the temple guy, guards come, and they, they take Peter and John, throw them in jail. And so the next day, we kind of peek into Acts chapter 4, and that's where we're at right now. Um, and it says this in Acts chapter 4. Um, it, this is around verse, uh, looks like verse 10. And they asked Peter and John, um, they asked, hey, by, who are you healing? By what name do you heal this man that stands before us? And this is Peter's response. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you have cu- crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. That's just a really look back at prophecy, of just a really uh, prophetic message about the Messiah that would be rejected, but yet the cornerstone of the church would be built upon him. And, and it says in verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Isn't that interesting? So you got Peter who was you know, just 50, 60 days before that, you know, 50 days before that, denying Jesus Christ, now he's proclaiming Jesus Christ, who he is. And, you know, you can see the, the temple guards there and, and the priests and the, the judges of the law going, you know, usually when we throw someone in jail for proclaiming something, they don't do this, right? They, they kind of come back and go, hey, we're sorry you know, or something like that. But they're bold. Look look at what it says here in verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. You know, they, they just didn't know what to do. Where'd this boldness come from? You know, the Holy Spirit came upon their life and they were bold for Jesus Christ to the, to the point that they didn't know what to do. And so they just released him. They go, you know, the guy's obviously healed. You know, we don't know what to do. We just got to release them. And this is what it says whenever Peter and John came back to those people that were meeting together. It says this, now the Lord consider. this is what Peter uh, was saying to now the church that was gathered just waiting on their release. Now the Lord considered their threats and enabled your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Ah, Amen? Amen. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've ever been, I've been involved in several different communities of believers before, and and it's, you know, I don't know if you, or or, or we here, you know, are a community that are bold for Jesus Christ. And I I can just look back at, at times, even in my youth, at times when I was in college, I was around a group that we had started at Ohio State. Um, After I got married, 
a group that, a college group that I led in, um, in Lancaster, Ohio. And the, it's just amazing to me, to, you know, I was thinking this week of just how many, there was this boldness that we had for Jesus Christ. And I realized that when we came together, that we encouraged one another in boldness. And I just want to encourage you to be bold today. You know, sometimes we get together and we think we're comforted and we kind of have this cold discouragement. You know, oh, you don't need to do that. That's okay. But I want to encourage you to be bold in Jesus Christ. And I remember when I was in Lancaster, I mean, we just, I, I think about it, we just did crazy things. You know, we would have Bible studies. We would serve the community. We served a mission there. Uh, painted walls, and just enjoyed our time together. And we shared stories with each other of what God did. And we were bold. And I, I remember it. And I, I asked Jeanette this, and I was like, were you there when I did this? And there was one time, you know, and, and, and we even, I remember Joel, one of my buddies there, uh, he would come back from college during the summer I mean, we loved worship so much that I was sent into the church to steal the overhead projector for worship. And so I knew how to get in the church with a hanger. Yeah, I'm now, God, I think the, yeah, I think the, yeah, the time's probably passed long enough, hasn't it? I'm not going to get thrown over this, break it. But I would go week after week and Joel and we would get a group of people together and we would just worship. And I would, I was in charge of the overhead projector. So I'd go and steal the overhead projector from our church and we would go to Maywood Mission and worship, then I had to bring it back. You know? and so that was my job, you know. But we just loved sharing about that. And I remember the boldness was, this is how extreme this was. I went into McDonald's, okay, and, Jeanette, and I asked Jeanette, and she goes, yeah, I think I was with you when you did this. And, and I, I, I turned to Jeanette, I go, I go, I bet you I can go into McDonald's without any money at all, order, and someone will pay for my meal. She goes, what? And I go, I know God's going to provide this. I know he is. So I go in, I order. I go, can anyone here pay for my meal? I don't have any money. The guy next to me went to another church and said, I'll be happy to pay for your meal. Pay for my meal. And we went and ate. You know, I mean, we just had that kind of bold faith. We just knew God was going to do stuff. And I'm like, gosh, why am I not like that anymore? I mean, why am I not more like that? And why have I allowed these fears of, you know, how will this person react? What will happen? Uh, how will this affect things? Why have I allowed that fear to just overcome my life? Why am I listening to that fear? Or why am I waiting for that fear to go away? Just thinking, you know, I'm, I'll be willing to share or to be bold once that fear goes away. But I don't realize that, you know, and I was looking it up and I, really never realized this. You know, courage is not the lack of fear. Do you realize that? That if you look in a definition, the definition of courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. You know, sometimes God does. God just takes away that fear and you're like, wow, that was, that's gone. That's nice. But sometimes there's still that fear and having courage is not letting that fear control you actually going to the next step, having all of those doubts in your brain and they're still there and not going away and just saying, you know what? I know fear doesn't come from God. That's what 1 Timothy says that. 
you know, but I can have courage to do something beyond the fear that I have. That's courage. It's not the lack of fear. It's not letting fear control us. And, and the Holy Spirit provides that power to do these things, but we don't, you know, we have to take that step. We have to have that courage, you know. I don't know how that interaction happens, but I know that there's some decision point that I have that when I'm scared of something, I've got to take a step. And it seems like that decision in part comes from me, even if I'm encouraged by the Holy Spirit, you know. And so I was thinking about it this week, and, you know, there were really three different places where I felt that I needed to encourage you to be bold and to take courage this morning in three areas, and I'm sure there's other ones. Um, the first one is the courage to share Jesus Christ. Do people around you know that you're a Christian and that you look to live a life following Jesus Christ? Do people, do people that you sit next to every day at work, do they recognize that some of your behavior, some of the things that govern the way you behave, the decisions that you make, are because you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Sometimes we think of boldness as, you know, preaching out on the street and stuff, and that is true, you know, and I used to do that <laughs> at Ohio State. Guy, guy that I did this with, it was great. He was a football player, big guy, huge guy. And uh, we always called him uh, Bible Bob, but Gospel Blob. I mean, he was just this great big guy. And, you know, so I was with him. I was never scared of anything, you know. But, but you know, sometimes we just need to have that spotlight in people's lives that people know that we follow Jesus and that we can provide that salt that they need to come to Jesus. Let me give you an example. And this is a friend of Jeanette's. And um, I had... Penny, actually, her name's Penny. I had her actually write this out, how she came to Christ, just to give you a glimpse of the boldness that we can live out um, and how she was brought to Christ. Let me just read this out to you. And I've got a couple stories like this that I think will help you out. Uh, Penny says this, I met my best friend, Jeanette Wagner Elliott. Her, her uh, main name was Wagner, um, in high school. Not really sure in what class or perhaps Perhaps we meet in the parking lot as we both drove to school. But anyways, Jeanette and I hit it off and started hanging out, going to movies, pranking unsuspecting neighbors. We'd prank movie attenders by taking their seat while they went to the restroom or concession. Way to go, Jeanette. Okay. <laughs> Needless to say, Jeanette and I were two peas in a pod. Jeanette always had this positive, fun, high-energy love for life about her and she gave all credit to the Lord, her Savior, Jesus Christ, for all the good things in her life. I took it with a grain of salt. I did not give Christ much thought. She told me that I really needed to get, that I really needed to, get to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm sure I told her, yeah, 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 I don't think I need that, and I don't think I need to do anything. After all, I did believe in God, but I did not have a clue what God really was to me. But one thing I always remembered was Jeanette telling me that she will always pray for me to be saved. After I graduated high school, I consumed a lot of alcohol and was promiscuous. I did have a job, and Jeanette and I worked at the same place, Burger King. We had a lot of fun. She always prayed for me, but I knew we were taking different paths. 
1985, I joined the Air Force and received orders to Germany. It was Jeanette that took me to the airport and prayed for me. But I continued to live a sinful life. It wasn't until I realized I was falling into the same patterns. I'd meet a guy, we'd hook up, and I'd get my heart broken. It's important to remind you that all these years, I still had my best friend, Jeanette, praying for me to live for Christ. She sent me a Bible while I was overseas in Germany, along with many letters letting me know that she was still praying for me to find my Savior, Jesus Christ. In 1998, I decided that it was time to get real about Jesus Christ and find out as much as I could. I was reading a lot of biblical-themed books like Case for Christ, written by Lee Strobel. I started attending church, reading the Bible. I was thirsty for the Word. I can't explain it other than a I had the Holy Spirit in me, filling my soul with the Word, and I realized I needed a relationship with Jesus Christ. Part of me knew that I did not need another man until I got my relationship right with Jesus. I did surrender my life to Christ. I feel blessed every day knowing I have a friend like Jeanette that stayed faithful and prayed for me to find the Lord all those years. I like Jeanette to try to share the Lord with others. I'm so amazed at how I can now see Jesus in others. I see Jesus in my dear friend Jeanette, and I'm so grateful for her being faithful in her prayers. She prayed, Jeanette prayed for Penny 18 years and was a faithful friend, the salt of Jesus Christ in the life of Penny for 18 years. That's what it means to be bold, to let people know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's one way. I think there are people here that when I say you have a loved one, you have a friendship that you know is brought into your life, and you go, wow, this person is going to come to Christ. Have you ever had someone like that? You just know it. You just know it, and that you are there for them. You are there to be that, pull, that bold representative of Jesus in their life, to be faithful to them. To, to have courage to speak and to give Jesus credit for things in your life and to share with them. The other thing that I would encourage you to do is to have courage to forgive and to restore relationships. There were kind of, these are probably the two biggest one that were on my heart today. And that is, um, and I was even thinking about it as far as the courage, you know, there's a fear that whenever you have a relationship that goes bad, there's kind of this fear that happens that you say, you know, I kind of like where things are at. We don't talk. We don't have much of a relationship. We're okay. I don't want to communicate to them because I don't want to kind of dust up, you know, that beehive, right? But I was realizing this week, and especially in like parental relationships as we get older, um, I had a, a relationship with my mom that, that was not uh, healthy. Um, uh, some things that had happened, and um, I realized that I had to get right with her. And I've got this beautiful letter from my mom where we asked forgiveness from one another. And it was awesome. And I was realizing around me there are so many people that had these kind of relationships. And I, I wanted to encourage you to have the courage to forgive and restore relationships. One of the stories is, I, I talked about him uh, earlier, Joel uh, Seymour, um, who was a pastor at the Vineyard Church in Lancaster. 
And um, he actually uh, grew up uh, in a single uh, home with his, his mom. And his dad um, actually left when he was, uh, just right after he was born. Um, his father just walked away from their family. And he always had this thought, wasn't me. And he realized when he was uh, 38 years old, um, he realized that he needed to get right with his dad. And he actually realized that he had not reached out to his father. He had no idea why he left the family and just realized on his side, I need to go and even ask forgiveness from my dad for my part in this, for not including him later in my life. And so it turned out that he um, actually had breakfast with his, his father, and he was 38 years old. His dad was about 60 years old, and he had breakfast with him. And towards the end of that breakfast, um, Joel just said, will you forgive me for judging you? You know, because I realized I lived most of my life uh, judging you. And this is... What, what his father had said. Um, his father said, um, he looked at me and said, none of this is your, your fault, Joel. And the two men began a father and son relationship. You know, he, Joel had always thought it was his fault and he didn't realize just how much guilt his father had lived with all of his life. And uh, Joel, let me just read you this other part of the story. He, he said, uh, Joel said, we began to laugh together and to pray together, to see each other at my boys' sporting events, to discuss the Bible together, and to love one another. For a year or so, we had a great relationship. And then the fall of 2011, he found out that he had a very rare and incurable blood cancer. He went through horrendous treatments and seemed to be beating it. On Saturday, he came to my son's basketball game. That afternoon, went to a family dinner, and the next day, attended his church. By Sunday night, he was in pain, and Monday, they called his family in. The cancer had spread to his liver and art arteries. Shortly after noon, he was gone. His father had passed away. But God's timing was incredible. The restoration of Joel and his father climaxed about four days uh, before that. And whenever um, he had uh, made this reunion about when he was 38, on his 40th, 40th birthday, um, this is what his father sent him. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. I'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. I love you. For the first time since I was a child that we exchanged birthday greetings. This is the words from Joel. So don't tell me you can't restore to a friend, to a child, to a spouse, to a father, or to your heavenly father, I know better. Your heavenly father has suffered disappointment in being rejected. Even the disciples knew what rejection was life, but he always is determined to restore 
and reconcile, and so can you. But you will need your Heavenly Father coursing through your veins to do it. You know, there's two things that I'm asking you to have courage today to do. Share Jesus. Let people know that are around you that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. And for some reason, I am asked today to tell you to have the courage to restore relationships and ask forgiveness. I think that that's what God wants us to do because we want to get back to being the church that's bold. And I need to encourage you in boldness. And do you know what? You, you're going to give me several reasons, and I'm going to have compassion in saying, you know, this is hard. I don't know where this starts. I don't know what it looks like. But can I just say that you can be bold? Can I encourage you in boldness? Let's pray. Father God, um, I'm looking forward to this time of worship and what you're going to be doing. As we worship you, I pray, Holy Spirit, enter into us. Shake this place. Help us to be bold. Help us to have courage to do the things that would just get us beyond the fear that we have, the relationships we need to restore, the people that we need to share the gospel to. And so, Lord, I expect, I, I look for you to work in us today and to do great and mighty things in us. And I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. At Life Community Church, we want you to experience the powerful, life-changing love of God. To learn more, go to lifemohammed.org. lifemohammed.org.